But I, I'm not sure that going to school and getting a PhD or whatever like I did is, is really the best thing. Hey, it's Walter here and you're at the Think Profit Podcast where we're going to help you develop a rock solid trading confidence and avoid the potentially endless cycle of system switching. Right, Hugh? That's right. We're going to help you develop a wealth mindset, develop a trading strategy that fits your core personality and help you overcome the obstacles that stop over 90% of traders. All right, Hugh, sounds good. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do this. Hey, Walter, we've both met quite a few people over the years and quite a few successful people. Uh, what are like the core traits that you see in successful people and successful traders? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. It's interesting because I think, you know the test where it's like I'm an INTJ or EFP? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Myers-Briggs. Myers-Briggs, yeah. yeah. Myers-Briggs. I always get that one confused with the... Um, there's another one. But anyway, yeah, with the Myers-Briggs, like I've seen on forums and stuff, people discuss like, oh, you know, if you're an INTJ, you know, that's the best trader profile or whatever. And I can see why people get go down that way. But actually, I think other, there's only a few things that would make it easier. So there's a really good study of, of like really good gamblers, <laughs> as funny as this sounds. And you know, they actually look... The way that the author described it is, you know, they almost look at as if they're in like they live forever. So when they're looking at the odds, you know, they have, might have a slight odd in a certain situation. For example, like I, I can't even like I don't even know enough about poker or blackjack or whatever. But like in a certain situation with a certain hand in poker or blackjack, you know, your odds shift. All right. Or if certain certain number of face cards have been pulled out of a out of a blackjack deck, even if it's six blackjack decks. They're all mixed up together that they're playing, you know, the de dealer's playing. Like there's, there's times when it shifts and you, you get a slight advantage, right? And it's almost like the, in the study, they almost seem like they just live forever. And so they look at things on a really long time frame. And I think that's really, that's one thing I would say that's interesting about the successful traders. They have that ability to kind of see the value of a really slight edge. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think when we first start trading, we assume that we can't even start trading until we have like this enormous edge, right? Yeah. And once we find that, then it's like, it's over, you know, mm. we're just going to mine that sucker. And so I find that fascinating about mm. the gamblers. I think that, that a lot of that translates to trading. The other, big, the other big one would be resilience. I think that most traders quit and move on to something else or just find trading too painful mm. when they're unable to overcome losing streaks. I think that's a big one. I think that's probably the number one reason why most traders don't make it. Not because they don't have a good system, not because they don't have good risk rules in place, but because they were unable to, to trade through that drawdown. Mm -hmm. And so they've come up with excuses, whatever they are, the system's broken, the markets have changed. I'm not cut out for this. You know, this is the wrong strategy for negative interest rate environments, whatever. They can come up with all lots of, you know, lots of reasons why and they quit. So resilience I think is good and also the ability to see the advance, like to play out the odds in your head. And, and you can do that obviously with a spreadsheet. You can do that with um, Forex Tester. All of that's really important. But I think for me, if you're able to see the value and it's really, I guess it's kind of in a way probabilistic thinking would be kind of the overarching general thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I really think it's important, you know, you know, I was thinking about this the other day, <laughs> not to go too far on a tangent. I know I want to get your ideas too on this, but I was thinking about kids and what's important for kids to learn. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you know, and I went to school for a long time, right? 
But I, I'm not sure that going to school and getting a PhD or whatever like I did is, is really the best thing for you. In a lot of ways, it kind of pins you in intellectually into a certain corner and you almost mm-hmm. can't get out of that. Yeah. And so I was thinking like, what were the, I thought, what were the really good skills that people need to have? And I thought one would be the ability to, to understand probabilities and statistical thinking. Mm-hmm. The whole game of science is, is, is a game and it's, it's run on probabilities, basically everything. It doesn't matter if it's geology, astronomy, medicine, psychology, it's all a game of science. And mm-hmm. so if you can understand probabilities and statistics, you can read all those papers, you can see what everyone's arguing, you can do all that, right? The other thing would be storytelling mm-hmm. because there's a lot of value in that. You know, I'll tell you a quick story. One of my friends, his whole business is getting investors to invest in a fund of Australian properties, right? And he was saying that he had this guy come over from Switzerland, this billionaire guy, and they were trying to get him to invest in his company or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all the guy said to me was, tell me the story. My friend was like, I, you know, I couldn't do it. I didn't know what to say. You know, we had all the numbers and everything, but we didn't have the story. And I think, and I think there's a lot, of, a lot to that. Like I remember in high school, sitting on a bus going out to, to the ski fields. It was like, you know, three, four hour trip. One of the guys, he was a year older than me in high school. He was sitting in the bus and he was sitting there telling you stories and everyone was just riveted. And I remember thinking, that's awesome. Like this guy can do that. It's just such a cool skill, yeah. you know, to be able to tell stories in a way that's engaging and can teach lessons and stuff. So I really think, you know, there's a few other things like maybe learning how to speak in front of others, but you know, there, there's certain skills that you can get and you don't necessarily have to get a master's or a PhD to have those skills. You can learn probabilistic thinking. You can learn storytelling, all those things. You can learn how to speak in, in public, like, you know, in an engaging, interesting way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's fascinating to me how many really good scientists are terrible speakers, you know, and you see <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's weird to me. Like you would think if you spend your whole life on this one issue, like this one thing about, you know, whatever it is, anti-aging or, you know, something about the number of earth like planets, you know, in the, in the universe or whatever, like if you had some really important thing, you thought this is the most important thing we need to understand the ozone layer or whatever, Mm -hmm. you would think that you would spend a little bit of time learning how to explain that to other people. (laughs) Hey there, I hope you're finding this episode useful. I just wanted to let you know that Walter and I give away something valuable every month that helps traders improve their skills. You can enter to win by simply leaving an iTunes review and leaving a comment on our YouTube videos. At the end of each month, we'll look at the comments and reviews from the month and we'll pick a winner at random. Each comment and each review counts for one entry during the month that it's submitted. So if you're interested in that, be sure to enter after this podcast is over. All right, back to the episode. So yeah, so I know it's a, law, it's a long-winded tangent, but for trading specifically, I think it's probabilistic thinking and being resilient, which is the ability to bounce back in the face of really tough times because that's what traders have to deal with in terms of losing streaks. What are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I would totally agree with you on the uh, resilience part. I think it's a lot of these successful business people just stuck with it. And if you just stick with it at some point, if you try to improve, you'll get better, right? And I think that's, um, that's a huge one, obviously. Uh, also, I think... A lot of good business people and traders, I think, are kind of weird, like in terms of what the average person thinks about them, right? It's the idea of having independent thought, thinking for themselves and trying to figure out what really works for me, what really does work in the markets and not, like you said, falling into the trap of education, you know, like the guy who can quote all the books, but he can't trade to save his life, right? And I think that's, um, that's a really key one to be able to think for yourself and to be able to really think way, way, way out of the norm. 
um, I think really puts you ahead of most people. Yeah, and that's such a good point. I've noticed that like the difference between people, people generally speaking in the US versus in Australia is in Australia, we have kind of this really traditional English way of teaching children, not, not universally, but in a lot of places. Mm. And so what that means is, you know, they get really, they get grounded in the classics and sort of things. So they can mm. quote the classics and they can understand certain things that are held high in our Western culture and ideas and authors and stuff like that. You know, in the States, it's exactly what you say. Like, I think there's a lot of value placed on the, like the, the, the cowboy, you know, yeah, or the yeah. lone ranger, you know, that yeah. sort of idea, the guy who's just out on his own kind of doing his own thing and, you know, figuring it out on his own and being an individual is so important. Whereas in Australia, there are a lot of great things. But one of the things I've noticed is that it's, it values being in a, like in a group, like the community. Mm-hmm. It's a very Asian mm-hmm. idea of like the good of the community, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. And one time I remember my friend who was, who was Australian, he was trying to console me because I, what had happened in, in, in um, California is I had a failed business mm-hmm. and for lots of reasons. But he was saying, oh man, I'd always bet on, which basically what you were just saying, he said, I would always bet on the businessman with the failed business because he'll come good. You know, he understands mm-hmm. that he's been through the wars. Of, and I was thinking to myself like, dude, I don't even need you to tell me this. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would, that wasn't even a concern for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it, yeah. it really wasn't like I, I, I was like, ah, you know, bummer. You know what I mean? It was, a, mm-hmm. it was a couple of years of my life or whatever, year and a half or whatever. And a lot of money and work and this and that, but um, it didn't work out. And I wasn't like, like worried that, you know, I could never do anything because I had a failed business. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. so, but his point was, exactly what yours was, which, which is, you know, you have two people, you have one that's never seen failure and one that's seen failure. Which one do you bet on? He's like, I would always go with the guy that's been hardened through, you know, the trials of, of burning through a, a doomed business or whatever, you know, as a, as a business person, you know, he was saying like that. And I was like, I could, I could appreciate what he was saying, but, but I didn't need the pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. But that brings up the point also, like if somebody thinks that they, doesn't, they don't have these characteristics, how can they develop them? And do you think that some people are just destined not to have them? I think that's, a, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, even in psychology research, they used to kind of think that way that like, and I've heard older people say this, you know, when your kid's personality is formed before they turn five and all <laughs> yeah, that, you know, yeah. we found that personality is actually quite malleable. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that I've changed in different environments like when i was in a certain circle of friends in undergraduate school i was a certain way and then when i went to graduate school i, I kind of became a different person mm-hmm. at a different group of friends you know and the same thing when i left us and came to australia you know i've kind of a different person that you know you you know and, and everyone will say well yeah I'm, I'm always different with my grandma than i am with my friends from high school okay yeah sure right that's that's <laughs> fine but i'm talking about actually sort of changing your introversion extroversion you know like where you're on the scale yeah type thing, right? yeah and so let's take an example of resilience we've both identified resilience as being an important thing so an easy way for that and there's actually a school in australia that that teaches this way and a lot of psychologists will as well so like if you go to like a cognitive behavioral therapist because you're depressed or something they will teach you this skill but in terms of trading let's say that I'm in a losing streak and I'm thinking, oh no, here we go. 
again, another failed strategy. I'm, get, I'm training this strategy. It's failing me. It's not going to do very well. I need to give up. You know, I need to find something better. I need to, you know, reassess. And I'm going to lose all my money. I'm never going to be able to make trading work. I'm never going to be able to quit my job. Like all these things sort of cascade. So what you do is you kind of, you can build up resilience by rephrasing you, that self-talk, right? The way that you see things. And so you identify that you're, that's called catastrophizing. Just because I have a losing streak of six trades means I'm never going to make it as a trader, right? That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's catastrophizing. And it sounds ridiculous when you and I talk about it right now. But actually, for a lot of people, that's their reality. Yeah. And so, and, and I've been there. You've probably been there where yeah, you've totally. had situations. It doesn't have to be training. It can be anything. Mm -hmm. You start thinking, oh, my God, like, it's never going to work. So that can be retrained. And you can train yourself to say, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right. So I've been training this system for how long? Uh, two months. Okay, two months. And I back-tested it for how long? Ten years. Ten years. Okay, ten years. In the ten-year back-test, did I ever see a drawdown of six trades in a row that were losers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So is it really the case that the strategy is busted? No, probably not. Mm -hmm. Is it likely this is a normal drawdown? Uh, yeah, probably. So what you're just trying to do is just trying to inch yourself up a little bit higher to a slightly more positive emotion through logic. And that's all mm -hmm. that is. And they do that with depressed people too, with cognitive behavioral therapy. That's, you can look up CBT on the internet and, and see that. But that, that's what you can do with to build resilience is you can just learn new tools where you kind of step back and say, is this real what I'm seeing here? Or, or am I just catastrophizing? Am I just mm -hmm. letting my thoughts get really negative and keep going to the point where, you know, I'm just like off the map. Like I'm not even on reality anymore. I'm just in this <laughs> other world yeah. of manufactured pain and suffering. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. and it's so easy for us to do that because our ancestors did that. They're the ones that survived. They're the ones that were worried. Wait, wait, what's that noise in the bushes? Oh, no, it must be a, a lemur, you know, or whatever, right? They're the ones that survived. The guys that were just whistling through the woods, they're the ones that were eaten by the lemur, right? So I don't even know if lemurs eat people, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, great totally points. Yeah, for sure. I think another thing, too, that I found is that motivation really plays a big part in it. Like, if you have the proper motivation, you can do almost anything. But if not motivated, you know, you have a nice cushy job, you kind of like it then you probably won't quit because, you know, trading is tough in the beginning. So I think that's also another thing to consider is how can you maybe not artificially create motivation, but dig up your real motivation behind what you want to do. You know, do you want to travel around, be a trader? Do you want to buy these things that you can't afford right now? Do you want to take care of your kids and see them grow up, stuff like that? And I think that's also a big motivator to, um, you know, improve whatever you need to improve no matter how hard it is. Yeah, that's so true because you will see that in, in traders, the ones who, like, no matter what, they, they still push through. And it, it, helps, it helps build resilience when you have that end goal and there's, you know there's nothing else you're going to do except achieve that goal. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, a really, it's a really good point. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thanks, Walter. See ya. See ya. All information in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not trading or investment advice.